Welcome back. <clears throat> oh, I'll clear my throat right at the beginning there to uh, another strike. <clears throat> my name is Sandip, and I'm here with Pete. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? I'm good, mate. You're back at work now, eh? Yeah, it's good. To, it feels weird. Fucking doesn't literally doesn't feel like I've been off for thirteen weeks. <laughs> something like that. Something something crazy like that. But yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's good. Everyone's everyone's doing anything proper. But fuck it. I just heard that. Apparently Leicester have gone back into lockdown or something, and then yeah. they're, now they're saying that Medway's quite bad. Is it? Or Kent? Or Kent's quite bad. Apparently, there's a policewoman on the news right now talking about it that because our cases are going up, they're talking about. Oh, <laughs> fucking! I oh, know it's good. Get a haircut oh, Saturday. Look ridiculous. at the state of this. I need to get a fucking haircut. Oh, don't. <laughs> But the, uh, the, 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 Leicester, the Leicester mayor came <laughs> Did you? I was listening to him on the radio and they was like, yeah, we're going to have to shut down Leicester because um, of the spike in cases. And he'd just come on the radio and he was like, well, yeah, we're just testing more. So, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Maybe it's more, hopefully it's really not what they say it is. Yeah. Fingers crossed, man. I can't it's be like, doing with another with another. Spot. Oh, don't. I actually wouldn't want Like I said, you've got to go back off work. Say that again. Next, next, sorry. Yeah, say that again. Like, I'm just saying this. Uh, yeah, if they if they had to if they said to me you have to go off work again for like another week, that would just be <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Or like, oh, not another week, but like as of next week, you've got to go back off work again. Be like, fuck. But would you not just enjoy the time off though? I've sort of had enough of it. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I don't like, especially the last couple of weeks, because I had my obviously I had my my acting module keeping me going for the first ten weeks, mm. and then after that it was like I didn't have nothing to keep me that busy, so it was just fucking uh, alcohol so and PlayStation. Oh yeah, I feel mate, I was, I was bending over. It's like feel like I feel like a pregnant woman bending <laughs> over at work because <laughs> <laughs> you've been sat in that position that you're in now for a long time Pete let's get into uh, let's get into the fighting then um, what did you think of this card well, f- well first of all have you heard uh, what, what, let's start with your wicked whispers or something you wanted to get into there oh no I just literally saw the uh, vid- uh, Dana White's just put up a video of them sort of constructing Fight Island Okay, that's good. It looks fucking sick, man. It looks like they're doing it from scrap. Literally building a road from like one place to another building. There's like all the medical staff. They're literally constructing the whole little arena for the where the cage is going to be and stuff. Oh, so there's like a testing phase there as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mental. Man, I'm just sort of looking at man, it now. So they've that. got like free medical facilities. They've got a testing bit. Uh, they've got obviously the yeah the training bits there. Everyone's all like, um, like they're all <laughs> covered up to the gills in like yeah, protective people. Like, that's some mad fucking Doctor Evil Island. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It looks like an Austin Powers film. This is. I'm I'm really really excited. What we'll do, Pete, is we'll go through. Uh, the last UFC's card and we'll get into some stuff as we always do and then next week uh, before the weekend we will record um, and preview uh, the first of U- the UFC Fight Island cards that are coming up which is going to be um, Usman against Burns um, uh, so that's exciting but yeah you want to just get straight into the card Pete? Yeah I thought, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good it was, it had some same thing again had some like, really good finishes um, some good knockouts and then yeah fucking of the year contender. Uh, 
the the main event was absolutely absolutely incredible <laughs> um, yeah just just mental um the first fight that i've got and i know obviously we do miss off the ufc fight pass fights and all that kind of stuff i have made a decision where i will be getting ufc fight pass soon uh, you're probably thinking have you got the audacity to do a fucking fighting podcast and you ain't even got fight pass <laughs> listen i'll get it I'm sorry um so the first fight was Jordan Griffin against Yusuf Zalal. This was in the featherweight. What did you think of this fight, Pete? Uh, I don't really remember much of this one, to be honest. This one I was a bit out of it for. Yeah, <laughs> and I, was, I thought that that's why I, I, I woke up. Yeah, no, I woke up for the. Um, I can't remember which one it was. I was in and out, and then I was like, oh, fuck. I thought I'd watched it the next day, so I just <laughs> skipped forward, and I just sort of saw what was happening anyway. But um, yeah, I didn't see much of that one. Yeah, it was, to be honest, it was just pretty much a kickboxing fight. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, Yusuf Zalal just basically just outclassed um, him pretty much uh, throughout, throughout the fight. Yusuf Zalal is one of the youngest um, fighters that they have on the card. He's been kickboxing since he was 10, Pete. And when I hear stats like that, does it ever make you what wish that you sort of started when like started younger do you, do you feel is martial arts something you or just boxing or that kind of stuff obviously we both do a tiny smidgen bit of training in our 30s but <laughs> is it something that you wish you started earlier or is it something that you feel like now nah, i just do it for fun yeah i mean i wish i'd sort of kept with it just for the sort of just for the fitness really and like the lifestyle and that it's always a good luck like because i started off I know it's a, like it's a thing that kids do, but like, I started off with like karate, and it was like I was doing really well, and I enjoyed it. But then I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't. I loved it. That's like me as a kid. That's all I did. Like from a really young age, I was watching like martial arts films yeah. instead of other films, like like watching Eighteens and shit like that. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I sort of wish I'd stuck with it, and then just sort of I, obviously as MMA come about. Probably when I was in, God knows, probably when I was like maybe in my early teens. That's when we started getting the internet and watching like all these fights online, like Tito Ortiz, Vanderlei. We're like, what the fuck is this? Like everyone's watching, like spreading it around school. Um, and then, yeah, from there, just sort of done little bits here and there. But yeah, when you hear these kids and they've been, especially in like, especially like Muay Thai as well, they, they start from like stupid age, like probably like fucking five, six years old, like. Yeah, and then some of them end up fighting all their lives. But yeah, you definitely. But it's but it's crazy. You hear someone like someone like Ngano, and he started when he was like what in his late twenties, something like that. Yeah. And it's like, but yeah, he's just a, that's just a genetic freak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's that's got what, he's already got the body. Well, that's what we said. Like, I, I wonder what I wonder what age Rosenstrike started like training. Do you know what I mean? If he started at like eight or nine, and then yeah. he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I've got all this technique behind me," and then it's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out, I'm out cold." For me, yeah. like, I, I really wish I did. I, I really feel like because I think a lot of fighting is about mentality and stuff like that as well. And yeah. I know from being in the gym and stuff like that that I would like I really enjoy sparring. Like I really enjoy it. Like my missus says to me, You don't you I've never seen you as happy as when you come back from getting like punched about. Like it's just something yeah, that I weird. really, really enjoy. And then also just for the fitness as well. If you if you just get into a routine of doing it, you you just you're just in shape. Like I when I I remember at school, all the all the kids that were like the boxers, they were also the the kids who were like 
good at football, good at rugby, good at everything because they've yeah, been yeah. doing it from such a young age. It keeps you in shape. I, I did a karate when I was younger as well. And then we also used to go to like self-defense class um, mm. and that kind of stuff. But it was never, I just never like took it serious. But I, I really, I really wish I did. You look at someone like Zalal, kickboxing since he was fucking 10 years old and he's already in the UFC in his 20s. Like, it's mad. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. When you, when you do hear about some of their, some of these people's backgrounds and stuff, some of them you think to yourself, oh, it's his debut in the UFC and stuff like that. And you think, oh, he must have only just had a few fights and that. But it's like, no, he's he's been like a an amateur boxing champion. He's won jiu-jitsu tournaments. He's done this, put in all this hard work. And then some of them get in there and it's like they could lose like two or three in a row. And it's that they, they weren't meant to fight at that level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they could have been the best at what they was doing before. But mm. when they get in against the best, it's like and what you say about lifestyle as well. It's like someone, someone like GSP. Mm. Just like he's lived his whole life as like in that martial arts lifestyle. Even the Diaz brothers, they do triathlons all the time yep. and they're constantly working out. And it's just like I go through phases of being a fat fuck and then <laughs> sort of like kicking my ass into gear because I have to. Otherwise, I will. I could get. I could be like the fattest person ever. Oh, me too. Um, but it's so easily because <laughs> <Like, laughs> I, I, I do enjoy that as well. But oh, me too. And it it gets to a point where it's like, no, I need to need to sort this out. A hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent. Again, I, I do, I do have stints as well. I wish that I didn't enjoy shit food the amount I do, I um, but and drinking as well and that kind of stuff. But yeah, the lifestyle definitely, definitely makes a big change to it. Yeah, it's um. Well, another thing as well is just talking about this country, how we differ from America so much because in America. They have wrestling in the schools. You can box yeah. in the schools. They have taekwondo in school. They have all this kind of shit. And we've got basically just rugby. Like, do you know what I Because mean? I went to a pretty good school around here, but they were just rugby and mm. concentrated on things like swimming. And you spent all that money building a fucking swimming pool, put a ring in the yeah. gym. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, and what, what was it like, though, at your school? Was it, did they sort of push you into it a bit or was PE just a fucking joke like a bit of messing around no no PE was taken very seriously at my school um, especially oh. rugby rugby it was a, the, the, it's like a rugby school so rugby used oh. to have like different you'd be in different leagues like a team b team c team of the year and that kind of stuff and then the a team would go and play other schools and shit like that um i never mm. made it into the a team for any sport but <laughs> um it was just yeah we it's just it's it, it's not well what was it like at yours was it more a bit of a joke yeah totally it was like i used to we used to enjoy it in like year seven and eight and then when we moved up to upper school it was a bit more like oh everyone's getting a bit more like grown up now shit like that getting girlfriends and shit going out partying and then it was but said so like PE was just you sort of look at it on your timetable and you're like oh fucking sweet we've got PE next like we can all piss about in the changing rooms and then like yeah. get out there and just have a laugh it wasn't about fitness at all or like yeah. even winning and shit it was just fucking go out play football rugby fucking doing like athletics and shit I remember doing that it's just like no one knew what they were doing, not even the teachers. <laughs> they didn't know, yeah, they didn't know, exactly. they didn't know to throw a fucking javelin. <laughs> the, the, yeah, it's, it's just, it's so mad. It's so mad. We, 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 to be fair, like, we had a lot of good kids in the school who were really, really, like, phenomenal at sport. We had a couple of, like, county cricketers and England swimmers and that kind of stuff. There was a few of mm. us who would just do cross-country, at the back, smoking and that kind of stuff. Like, that was yeah. that was just us not taking it seriously. But I don't feel like in this country, as much as it is in America, physical activity is, is pushed as much. Mm. They don't teach you about... Anyway, this is a whole different conversation, but at school, why aren't we learning about physical stuff? 
nutrition, yeah. what to eat, like what not to They got at, at my school, bruv, they had fucking vending machines full of like crisps, chocolates, everything. And it was like cheap. Yeah, as yeah. And it was oh, so it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Mad. Oh, the fucking, at our school, I remember it was, just, I never used to, I used to just like take my own stuff in, but I remember everyone who got their lunch from the hall. It was just like a mad fucking scramble. And then people got there and all it, there was like, people actually, not even joking, they were actually nice. But they had these like sausage rolls and like the, the pinker the inside of the sausage <laughs> roll, the better. And like fucking people with like just walking around with donuts and cakes yeah, and shit. Yeah, we had burgers, pizza. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That square pizza, like cutting squares and shit. Like, not a salad in sight. Not no, and there's no, there's no like, there's no, nothing pushing you to be like a, Division One All American like state champion and like or getting a scholar getting a scholarship, scholarship. to be like a. But so I, I, I don't even know how that really works. So say like like the NBA like obviously we watched the, the Last Dance, and then like you get people getting picked up. Like I think Rodman said he got picked up from college or got put into a college or something like that. So what do they do? Just notice that you've got talent, and then they're like, "We want you to come play for our college because it will benefit the school as well." Yeah. So you have the high school team, then you have the college team. Um, right. And then obviously, if you're if you do really 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 well in high school, then you can get um, you know uh, you can you get accepted, you get a scholarship to go at, to a college, and then you play yeah. for the college team, and then the draft is done from all the college and university teams, basically. But are you doing? You might, I'm guessing you're doing other studies as well. But does it yeah. matter if would it matter if Rodman got fucking straight? D's and F's in maths and English and all that shit, but he was wicked at basketball. Would they you not care? Yeah, you can get dropped from the team if you don't get certain grades. So in order to, oh, for, oh. in order to, <laughs> yeah. So with your scholarship, the grades will be built into it. So if you don't get, you know, minimum, let's say a C, you can get dropped from the team. That kind of stuff. Um, right. You can't just sort of walk through college with it, but it is a really, really good incentive, and it makes a lot mm. of sense. I know America's a lot bigger than us. Like, you know, fucking yeah. one of their cities is probably the size of us. I do get that, but at the same time, we do have the economy and we do have the budgets in order for us to give that kind of stuff to kids. I know school's probably a little bit different now. Jamie Oliver's gone in and tried to whip everyone into shape, but I don't know. Anyway, so that's uh, Jordan Griffin versus Yusuf Zalal covered. Um, <laughs> that, was good. that was good. That was a good fight. That was. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> <laughs> good fight that oh so disrespectful anyway Yusuf Zilal won the fight um, I personally think he probably won it 2-1 um, and he, he wins by decision he even said in the, in the after the fight he said um, you know I'm, uh, I'm just learning you know so he, he said even if I came in and lost today I still would have felt like it was a learning experience it just so happened that I won I could have done better but it's all learning um, yeah. so yeah really really uh, impressed with him the next fight Pete was Kay Hansen against Jin Yu Frey this was in the women's straw weight division it was both women's UFC debut um and it's so interesting do you know what when the fight started pete it was uh that john annick started talking um about um this was the this is kind of because both women are doing their ufc debut and both women are in their 20s it's the first kind of generation of girls now that have started to be inspired by the ronda rousey's and that generation mm. So it's like that was that generation. Now, hopefully, you'd say it's only been a few years, but we're sort of maybe going into the next gen because these women are just a bit younger. And and it yeah. said that. And I wrote down here, um, we're starting to see the young women inspired by Ronda. It's one of the first things that I, that I wrote down. <laughs> um, I also wrote down that um, Bisping and Cruz have a very different commentary style, which we'll come on to that in a second. But um, when Annick said that about Ronda, and then for this fight to end 
in an armbar. Yeah, arm bar, yeah I'm sick. It, it's just it's just incredible. Yeah, what did you think of the fight? Yeah, yeah it was really no, it was good. It, was there like a sort of I can't remember whether there was not like a change in the tactics, but like um just yeah, just that girl was like grappling. I know we always talk about styles and stuff like that as well. Mm. And it was just like how like dominant she was with her grappling and like the submissions and stuff is just but but then you got that's what I mean it's it's not a bad that's probably the good base to start from like girls are probably like realising that as well as they're coming into MMA like the best base to have is like wrestling obviously no jujitsu like like defence as well as offence and then you see these good like like obviously Gilbert Burns coming up in a couple of weeks I was listening um, today and they were saying like all of a sudden, he's just a fucking striker. It's just like he's he's yeah. got the wrestling and the grappling, yeah, which is the wicked base. And then it does, but it doesn't take long for, if you work with a world class coach. Um, then you get your striking can come on within like a few years. But it's just like so it's it's just better to have that base of like grappling and jujitsu to start with. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I think Joe Rogan has said before um, that, you know, we, we all know how much we both worship Joe Rogan on this show, but he's always said that the best base to have is wrestling. Like the, if, you, mm. if you're coming from one um, discipline, wrestling is going to be, gonna be the, the, the best one to come from. So yeah, Kay Hansen just basically turned it. Um, it was just all her after she did the takedown. Mm. So yeah, you're completely right. Um, I, I just wrote down there that Bisp- about Bisping and Cruz. I love it when they're... Yeah. Um, when they're commentating, but Bisping is always up for a laugh, bruv. He makes so many jokes. Uh, he makes, like, he, if there's a pun, he'll take it. If there's a joke to be made, he'll take it. And then Cruz is just so focused, deadpan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such, it's such a juxtaposition. It's yeah, brilliant. It's almost like it gets sort of, I, I think I noticed it because I've, I've heard some people talking lately saying, like, just some people, like, obviously people that don't like him saying he talks too much and, no, like, fuck, fuck Bisping and all this like we don't want him it's probably American guys like we don't like him but it's just he got to the point during that event and I was like fucking hell he's talking a, he's talking a lot and he, like, I started <laughs> noticing and then he was like, almost cutting Anik off so he's like sorry John I just got to say this and it's like but the thing is though who's, who's gonna who's gonna say anything bro no yeah no yeah yeah and, and especially <laughs> especially in there as well he's, he's, he's so different to DC because you know when DC loses it a little bit and goes too loud these days. And then he's like, oh, got to be quiet and stuff. This thing just carries on. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. Or he'll shout, he'll shout out, they're grabbing the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's brilliant. What I've noticed in this one, what, what kept happening was Bisping kept making a joke. Um, but to be fair, he knows what he's talking about in the fight. He is doing good comedy. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes jokes during, you know, if, 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 if there's two cunts up against the cage for a minute and a half, like, fuck me, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so... But there was a bit where it's like, it was making loads of jokes and then Cruz would just, you know, comment on the fight. Then Bisping would make another joke and Cruz would take it back to the fight. And I was thinking, oh, Cruz is going to get pissed off. But then Bisping made a couple of jokes and then Cruz made a couple. And I was like, oh, it's all right. It's yeah, all right. I, mean, I do remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. He's, so, he's, he's one in round. <laughs> I'm trying to think who's like the best combo because Bisping doesn't, Bisping don't do it with DC or Brogan, does he? Oh, bruv, the, 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 best, the, the best combination for me is Anik, Rogan, DC. That's it for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I don't remember Bisping ever. Bisping's sort of the guy that, yeah, when Rogan's not there, he's the one that sort of, 
obviously Cruz as well. They both talk about the technique and stuff, but yeah, it's just the way Bisping talks. I think it sort of gets everyone going a little bit as well. Yeah, definitely, he gets you really excited. I also love I love Paul Felder. I love I, I like mm. um, Bisping and Felder because you know they they, they 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 have a bit of banter between themselves as well. I enjoy it yeah. when they have a bit of banter, man. Like Joe Rogan talks about how. He doesn't like to get high. Obviously, he likes to get high. He doesn't like to get high before UFC events because he doesn't want to be distracted. He feels like he might start talking shit. And, and I completely, oh, yeah, 100%, 100%, you know, I do get that. But, yeah. you know, like I said, if there's a fight where, you know, the commentators are there to just make the fight pleasurable watching experience. Obviously, tell us what's going on. Like, But yeah. if you explain that, right, you know, Hanson's got Jin Frey down. They're in side control at the moment. Hanson's trying to get her leg over. If she gets her leg over from side control, she'll get into full mount. Okay, it's going to take her a minute to do that. You've explained it once. We know what's going on. What what yeah, we, yeah. what else is there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, what I think that's what that's what Bisping's good at as well. And he's just even even though he does he, he does like go on a bit and he sort of. But then there are there are them sort of lulls in the fight, and I think that yeah. must be when all all three of them must just be like. Like captivated by what's going on, and then obviously someone will start talking. I'm wondering whether, because obviously, fucking even John Anik, like, fuck doing that job. He must have so, either someone in his ear, or he's got it all written out. Whereas <sighs> it maybe like yeah. he must have it where like either a minute into the first round, he's got to say an advert for a new film coming out or something like that. And it's plus doing the fight as well because it's all happening in front of you. Like, and all the stats that. that he's got, Pete. All the history, yeah, all so the that. fighters. Oh yeah, this yeah. is this is so and so fighter, and he's coming out of New Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he went to this high school, and his <laughs> mum's here, and his mum went to school. Like, John, mate. Like, they all, they, all, they all say he doesn't go home, do they? They're like John, go home. <laughs> yeah. And he live he lives he lives in like Florida, I think. He never goes home. <laughs> Brendan says to him, "Hey, Anik, take a day off, dude." Go home, go home, go home. Yeah, um, but just just going back to the fight, um, a fantastic finish uh, for 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 Kay Hansen. And yeah, as I said, it was just such a great call from Anik to say, you know, inspired by Ronda for this to finish in a in an arm uh, in an armbar was amazing. There was basically a bit of a scramble. Um, she wrapped her leg around um, the, the the neck, flipped her over straight into an armbar. Uh, she's twenty years old, which is just absolutely incredible. Uh, and she's actually um, a tenth planet. Uh, purple belt so uh eddie bravo okay. inspired jujitsu uh, tacti- uh practitioner there so yeah that was really really impressive from Kay hansen mm-hmm. ufc debut for Jin Frey. so hopefully not the last time we'll see her her striking did look good to a certain point but a really good win there for Kay hansen the next fight was a heavyweight fight it was between philip lins and tana bosa uh, this was a really really exciting fight any heavyweight fight where they're heavyweights, but they're not really heavy. They're still, they look like they could make sort of 205. I really mm. like that. And yeah, this was, do you remember this finish, Pete? Tanabosa's finish? Yeah, yeah no, it was a sick knockout. I thought I was, I was looking, I, I, can, I don't think I've seen him fight before, but I remember that Linz from obviously the Olofsky fight. Yeah. And I thought he looked dangerous in that. For some reason, he wasn't usually like, especially Olofsky this late in his career, them sort of punches would put him out. But obviously, he fought a wicked fight and sort of changed his tactics. But every time they sort of engaged, it looked like this Linz had like the upper hand. And um, I was I was looking, I was really looking forward to it. And then out of nowhere, it was just like fucking hell. <laughs> this geezer's just like a fucking absolute monster. <laughs> bad, bad, a bad knockout. So like, especially coming off a loss and then probably thinking, you know, you should have done better against like an old Olofsky and then coming out and just fucking that happening. That's just 
Corona Spanner in the works. For yeah, <laughs> it's incredible to say. And look, look, anyone, if you make it to the UFC, you know, like Dana was on in a press conference the other day and said about how, you know, I'll never say to a fighter, you know, you should be embarrassed or disgraced. If you made it to UFC, you've got the balls to get in there. Let's do it. Mm. But it was interesting for me to hear about Philip Lintz because he's lost to Andre Arlovsky, who's like you said, Pete, he's not the Arlovsky of old. He's starting to wane a little bit. Mm. Then you've got to, uh, to fight Tanabosa and you lose this one as well. Philip Linz was basically the number one heavyweight in Canada. He was the two, mm. um, he was a champ in two different organizations in Canada and he came over to America um, and it just shows the difference where Canada's, you know, a big, actually a bigger country than, than America is, but yeah. the population's a lot smaller and he's come from being the biggest fish in like a small pond of MMA fighters. And then he comes into the UFC just across the state border, the, the, the country border, and he is mm. getting banged out left, right and yeah, centre. Yeah. Like this, the combination that put him out, Pete, fucking, it was incredible. Like yeah, yeah, left and right, left and right. And then he... Um, it was about eight punches and then he finished him off with the back fist as well on the way down yeah, yeah, Dan Henderson yeah. style like yeah oh yeah that's what you didn't bisping say about that <laughs> <laughs> even then he was joking about it. he's like yeah I remember that one <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah finishing down with the back fist it was amazing uh, and then yeah Tanabosa um, really impressed with him after the fight he called out Morris Green who actually fought um, later which we'll come on to as well yeah, yeah. and he just basically said oh yeah we were sat by the pool <laughs> we were sat by the pool having a few beers and he was just giving it or something and it's just yeah, like yeah. it's just oh, it's so funny and then Morris Green said something later which we'll come on to but Morris Green basically mm. you know we'll come on to his fight but in his in his interview um, he, he won obviously just to give you a little spoiler there but then basically the, I'm trying to think I'm trying to picture it in my head was that the was it like head and arm triangle? Was uh, submission. Yeah, win? Morris Green submitted him from underneath. That was that. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And he was on his back and got the head and arm triangle from his back. That was fucking sick. It was mad. And then and then in, in his in his post fight interview, uh, we'll come on to that fight in a moment. But in his post fight interview, he was like, "Yeah, well, I don't know what he's talking about. We were just sitting around the pool, and I was just talking to him. He's obviously taking offence to something, and now he wants to fight me. He didn't even know what was going on. Probably, probably too brilliant. drunk. Yeah, yeah, probably. And now, like, just from and here's the thing about UFC and MMA, just from those two post-fight interviews I don't know Tanabosa I don't know Morris Green particularly well I've heard them giving it to each other now I want to see him fight now yeah, no, want... <laughs> no, yeah that's I think that's what you need sometimes but you don't I don't know whether it's I don't really watch enough boxing to get that but when you hear like a boxers interview afterwards sometimes they're a bit they're just all so like it's almost like they're scripted yeah like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm being taken along carefully and they're going to, hopefully my boss has set me up with a good fight next and that. They don't even know what's going on themselves, whereas yeah. like, obviously some people do go a bit mad, like Dylan White and that, they'll start calling fucking Wilder out, they'll start yeah. talking shit, but yeah. yeah, like in the UFC, it's just like, like I just, I'd, I'd love it. I'd, I know they don't always get the fight they want, but it's good for, obviously we've got the main main event that we're going to talk about coming up. What we said last time, now Hooker just called out Poirier, it's just like, <laughs> And it just happens because people are like, okay, fuck it. Let's put, let's put them in there and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good. It's such a good way of doing it. There's too much politics um, in boxing for mm. me. There's so many different yeah, organisations. Yeah. The one thing I noticed as well about Dana in, in a lot of... Pre like, the language is so... There's a lot of fucks in there. There's a lot of shits. There's a lot of like... Mm. He's always like, dude, fucking this and fucking that. And you're like, yeah, you're yeah. in a press conference. Like, you're in no, a fucking press so conference. Good does not give a shit and he's like do you know what it's my organization if you're watching it you're watching it like 
you know, fuck it. Oh, actually, just before we uh, come on to the next fight um, of, uh, yeah, so Tanabosa won that fight um, and we'll come on to the next fight, which was uh, Lewis Pena against Karma Worthy. Um, the other day, Pete, Dana White, they were talking uh, to Dana White about um, fighters complaining about not getting, getting paid enough and all this kind of stuff. And Dana White basically said, look, the UFC is not a career choice. MMA is not a career choice. You fighting in the UFC is an opportunity. Mm. You fighting in the UFC, like me getting you to fight in the UFC, it's not like I should be paying you this money, blah, 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 blah. I'm giving you an opportunity to generate your own income. Like, what, what do you think about it? Do you feel like it's like, no, he should, the fighter should be treated better, they should be paid more, or do you just feel like, look, if you've made it to the UFC and you're fighting in the UFC, that's an opportunity that you've been given. You need to fucking take it. Hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of on, on his side with that. I do think some certain people should get maybe better paid, or I reckon maybe there should just be a bigger prize. They should just say, like, if they could afford it, they should just say every every title fight, you get minimum 500 grand, even if you're the challenger. Right. And then that maybe would motivate people to fucking go on and be like, you know what, even if I have all these fights, I'll keep pushing, keep pushing, I'll get that half a mil right. if, I'll get the ti- if I'll get the title shot. Because yeah. um, like, I was, I was going to say to you as well, like, after this, but... Um, yeah, now it's come up. I was, I was literally just thinking moments before we done this. Fucking Gilbert Burns is. I, th- I think it's, if he shocks the world and just like does it, mm. I, I, I just look at Masvidal and I'm like, that's that's your fault. That's not the UFC's fault. It's like you've been moaning for ages. How, you know, you've been in this sport for so long. Like Nate used to say, like I've been doing all the work in this sport, and then obviously <laughs> McGregor comes in and takes his lime, like all that sort of shit. But yeah. it's like. Masvidal had that opportunity, whatever they was offering him, I don't know, but maybe it was, I doubt it was shit money, like it must have been good money, but like, he got a chance to be the welterweight champion, like yeah. in the UFC, like for fuck's sake, you've been fighting all your life and you just got your opportunity and you're just going to be like, nah, you're not paying me enough. And yeah. along comes Gilbert Burns and maybe steals, steals the show. And he don't, he don't even give a shit how much he's getting paid. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. he, he can, he'll turn around afterwards and be like, I'm the worldweight champion now. All the eyes are on me. He's going to start yeah. getting sponsorships, money and shit. Like everything's going to come rolling in. Yeah. Mass Fidel might just get left in the dust. This is fucking stupid. I, I, can, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I feel like, you know, listen, no, it's a crazy career choice anyway to want to get into MMA. But if, you know, you're, you're a fighter. That's what you want to do. The reason why you should be fighting is because you love fighting like and i know that it's easy for me to say sat here in my office like never stepped in the cage in my life and that kind of stuff but it's it's yeah. horrible to get punched in the face for a living obviously i get that but you've yeah i agree with you. you've made it all that way and i i'm, I'm on mars Vidal's side to the point where it's like look i'm the fucking big fight i'm going to be generating this money i want to be you know I'm, I'm very big on people knowing their own worth i think you should know your own yeah. worth i don't i don't think you should undersell yourself ever and i think you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot to be said for someone who believes in themselves and has a good ethical and moral standpoint. I get that. But at the same time, yeah, you're the number one contender. You want the title. You think you're the better fighter. Get in there. Yeah. Like, like, what I don't, and he, and he's, he made it even worse by coming out and saying, I'm set for life anyway. <laughs> he's yeah. like, I've made, en- I've made enough money. So why do you care about money then? Yeah, and now it's like, but they're taking the piss. Obviously, he's like being a bit like a little kid by saying... 
I mean, I've made loads. They've he's, he's basically saying they've paid me loads of money for me to be rich. Yeah, but they won't pay me what I want now because I think I'm better than Usman or I think I'm better than everyone else. And it's like just have that one more fight. Like just <laughs> uh, obviously I can't speak. Maybe maybe it was a really bad offer, and he was just like, "What the fuck is that?" Maybe it wasn't a lot more than what you get paid for Nate. I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah. Maybe it was like we don't really know. But at the end of the day, Gilbert Burns is the one that's going to come out of this fucking laughing, really. Like, whatever he gets paid, if he wins or loses, he's he's had his title shot in the UFC. Mm. And, um, yeah, but what, yeah, what, I've, I've literally fucking come to me as well. Like, just think, because I heard about the other day, they might not be renewing the Reebok deal. Right. Just fucking go back to letting them have get, sponsors get, let, on their let shorts. Let them have sponsors. I know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why the UFC don't want that. What sort of legal problems they had with that, or maybe it was. Maybe they thought they could make more money with Reebok. I don't know, but it's like just let them have a couple of sponsors on their shorts, and they'll be making probably double what they're getting paid by the UFC anyway. It's just it doesn't make sense. But then the thing is, they've got that Reebok deal. But then afterwards, you see them like, and they're holding like monster cans and like, you know. Yeah, I suppose. Can... I reckon they've got. Yeah, they must have deals. But then I think USC sponsored by Monster as well. So I don't know whether it's like a partnership deal. Fucking, they're all in on it. But right. I get. But but I, I just remember when people used to say, "Yeah, I don't get paid that much. I got paid like ten grand for my fight tonight, but I'm making treble that tonight in the sponsors on my shorts." Yeah. It's just like, I don't, I don't really get that at all. But no, but the thing is, I, I couldn't agree with you more because it's like, listen, if you look at someone like, someone like Nate or even someone, let's, let's, let's filter it down to someone like Clay Guida. Like, there's going to be an, like, for his fighting, he's probably not getting paid that much, but for, MMA fans love Clay. Like, people love mm. Clay. So there's going to be MMA brands out there like Tap Out and all these, like, you know, MMA brands where it's like, we love Clay Guida. We know him. We know that him wearing something is going to appeal to a lot of people. And and let's let's sponsor them. What what yeah. um yeah. So what what do you think is going to happen like with, with the Reebok deal? Then are they, are they in talks they, to renew it? Uh, no, it sounded like they was going to. I think it's still going on for like another year, or I can't remember how long it was. But I think they were just sort of saying it's they may be coming to an end. So it just doesn't make sense. It's almost like, like same same my company at work. Like they got to pay all of us here. Um, if they were if they were struggling and we look, we're all like oh we want more money because we work hard and that if a fucking I know I know this is totally bull I don't know where I'm going with this um, if if some other company come in and said oh you know what if uh, if your boys fuck knows put a sticker on the back of their car that for another glass for, or something or something that we use for the glass firm maybe like a, a a material we use or something like that or a cleaning material. If all your boys stick that on their car, we'll give them each uh, another five hundred pound a month. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't our company say yes? It's like they're getting out of not paying us, and some yeah. other companies paying us for them. So exactly. it's like I don't see I don't see where the UFC loses money on that. But I, I, I'm guessing what, do the, do the fighters do the fighters get anything from Reebok then, or is it like the Reebok? Well, Sean, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go on. Oh yeah, I was because Sean O'Malley come out the other day and said whatever he done him wearing Reebok or promoting Reebok he made them a million dollars and he saw three grand out of it or something I, I, don't, I, I don't know what he was talking about but he was basically saying we don't I reckon the UFC's getting the money from Reebok right. yeah <laughs> not, yeah. I don't probably not do you, know, do you know what I mean it's probably one big lump sum it's like 
will can you can you all your fighters wear our stuff and all your punch bags or fucking whatever and we'll give you like however many like we'll give you fucking I don't know, fuck knows, fifty million or something for a year, and it's yeah. like, but they're only they're only allowed to wear Reebok, but it's mental. But then, it's, yeah, I, I really don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. God, God knows how much money it's cost them to do this fucking island. Uh, they're probably op- uh, they were operating operating at a loss for like quite a long time anyway. Um, is mm. this the, the sponsorship deal? Is um one of the reasons why Brendan like obviously there's a lot of reasons why he left, but Brendan Sharp. <laughs> was really really against the deal he talks about it all the time he was like yeah like why would i do that like i was getting all this money from sponsorship and that was paying my bills and that was the money that i was living on basically yeah and yeah you know I, 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 that got taken away from me because ufc signed a contract okay you signed the contract with reebok that's cool like you can put us in reebok shorts cool but why can't we have different badges i don't know it's fucking it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Fucking, it's, it's crazy it's crazy um Anyway, Pete, we've just gone on to the next fight, which was the main uh, prelim of the evening, which was Lewis Pena, Violent Bob Ross against Karma Worthy. Uh, what do you think about this fight? Yeah, it was really good. I, I, I do. I, I love watching Pena. It's like, um, maybe I was saying the other week, I'd love to see him against. Oh, they, they might be different weights. Can't remember. Like him against O'Malley or someone like that. Same sort of like rangy fighter, like just crisp striking, but. Yeah, the thing about this worthy, like just the way he sort of like he was just there the whole fight, and then yeah, just the way he turned it round as well, and got because I think they were talking about the submissions of Pena, they were like, yeah. oh, you got to watch out for him and that, you got to watch, and then out of nowhere it's like, oh shit, like he's fucking turned it round and submitted him. It was just it was such a good finish, or like a good finish to the fight. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really deep um, guillotine that Worthy landed on Lewis Pena and sort of dragged him down to the floor in sort of like mm. a kind of like a modified DDT maneuver um, and tapped <laughs> Pena out. But um, I was really impressed with Worthy striking as well throughout this. Like both fighters were there though; both fighters were looking really sharp. But some of the ground transitions in this fight were really, really exciting. Like, yeah, as a fan of UFC and as a fan of jujitsu and wrestling and like knowing the smidgen obviously never been in any positions like that but you know knowing what i know about it watching them go from like guard to side control to like a little Mm. amount then taking the back and then turning into his guard and then it was just oh it was so many different transitions it was so exciting to see these two it was weird to have such fighters who are such good strikers but for it to turn into such like a grappling match so good yeah i think that's what's good about them like as we said like the the lower the weights go the more you get that, the more scrambles you get, and the more yeah. sort of even it is. Whereas the bigger guys, maybe at the beginning they're good at they, they can scramble a few times and get back to their feet, but then it starts wearing on them, and then you've got that weight, that extra weight on top of you, and they just sort of guys probably just think, "Fuck this, I'm not getting up." There's only a minute to go. Whereas that them guys are just sort of like just non-stop scrambles. It's fucking, it's like so, it's fun to see as well. Yeah. Long, as long as something's happening, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you're right there. In a lot of heavyweight fights, the stand-up's exciting, but the ground game, like the clinches and the... the yeah, unless... Not, yeah. Like, unless it's like... I can't remember... It didn't really... I think it went to the ground once, or one big... T- I remember the, the second... I was going to say, obviously, Cormier, Miocic, two fucking wicked wrestlers. Yeah. Um, And I remember the second fight, call me a dumped him on his head like straight away and i was like oh shit like this is his game plan this is a wicked game plan then obviously he strayed away from that got a bit too fucking confident and taking shots but yeah just i remember that sort of little scramble and then meoches is wicked at getting back up and i wonder whether that's going to be a bit more of a factor in the third fight because they both know they can knock 
each other out now. Yes. And it's like, okay, let's have let's see who's like who can wrestle. But the way that fucking Cormier slammed him on his head, I was like, gee. <laughs> like I remember him doing that to Dan Anderson as well. Like yeah. he, like a single he goes for a single leg, I think, but he li- literally lifts them up between their legs like a little yeah. kid and just they just spin in the air and it's just like it's fucking so good to watch. How mad is it that John Jones took DC down and out wrestled? Yeah, I know. I reckon, I reckon the, the fucking the size must play into that as well. Like just the size of John Jones and the reach and long limbs and stuff. But yeah, the fact that he can, he must have such a fucking low center of gravity as well. Just mm. to, that's what I love about DC. Just how he comes out in his wrestling gear and like his jogging bottoms and jumper and shit. It's just like just like a pure wrestler, but. Can, like can strike as well. Can can knock out the, one of the best heavyweights. So well. I, I keep I keep forgetting about that August, isn't it? I can't wait. I can't wait. It's probably the fight I'm looking forward to. Looking forward to the most. Um, mm. Fantastic from from Worthy, as we mentioned. Uh, he was you know talking about how in the uh, post fight interview, he was just talking about how he's got trains with a great uh, team down in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, he's got a really, really good team around him, really good coaches, which is obviously really, really important uh, or not, as we might find out a bit later on as we go through the fights. If we move on to the main card, Pete, this is a fight I actually really, really enjoyed. It was Sean Woodson against Julian Arosa. This was actually um, a catchweight fight. Now, with this catchweight, I think um, basically the catchweight allows the fighters to have five extra pounds on because the fights are such short notice. They give the fighters an extra five pound leeway because they don't want the fighters to kill themselves cutting weight. So that's basically what Mm. it is. Erosa found out about this fight on Monday, right? So he's fighting on the weekend. They basically said to him on the Monday, are you free? Flew in on the Tuesday and had a four day training camp for this fight. Julian Erosa won this fight. He's an ex ultimate, uh, the ultimate fighter, um, contestant so he's left the UFC before and he's coming back now this is his second stint in the UFC with Woodson great striking from Woodson he's a really long awkward like rangy fighter the our second round of this fight was fucking amazing both landed big mm. shots the exchanges were great round three was really exciting as well Woodson actually even dropped to Rosa but Rosa got straight back up and goes for a flying knee which was just insane um, and yeah, Rosa's taking him down um, and locks in a, um, a Darce choke and uh, Woodson uh, tapped out on that one. So it was a good win for Julian Rosa. Did you watch this one, Pete? Yes, yeah, 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 I enjoyed this. It was, was, it, was it Woodson's first fight? No, he's no. had a fight in the UFC before. I think I remember seeing him before, actually. Okay. I thought, yeah, I thought I read somewhere that it was, or maybe it was, so maybe it was the, yeah, maybe it was the other guy who was coming back after being in the UFC before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's really... What weight was it? Like I say, it was catch weight. So um, I think uh, it yeah, was but... one... Oh, I didn't write it down. I normally always write it down. I think it, it was well, like 155 and one... Between 155 and 160, I think they both were. Okay, okay. So somewhere Absolutely, around that yeah. like, between lightweight, mm. just, just above lightweight. But no, it's really impressive from Arosa. And he basically, yeah. in the interview, post-fight interviews, he was just saying, look... Um, you know, I'm back here. I want to take this opportunity with both hands. I was really grateful to, for the UFC to call me back. And then it just goes back on to, uh, you know, is this an opportunity? Is this a career thing? The UFC gave this guy an opportunity and he's like, look, I want to take this opportunity now. Like I've, I've, yeah. I've messed up the first time. Now I've come back. It's the biggest organization in the world. It's all real. It's where we all want to be. So I need to take it. And he, he choked out his opponent to, um, to, to kind of take the opportunity there, Pete. 
Yeah, it's good. Like, that's, that's what's probably good about what's going on right now. Not everyone can fight. Not everyone's ready. Or not yeah. everyone's comfortable. I guess people that are in the UFC and they've got a reputation or they've obviously they've got more to lose. They don't want to take fights on five, four days notice, three days notice, whatever. So it's good that these people can get opportunities like this. They, like, they must know so many fighters. They like obviously with the. Did you ever watch a program uh, looking for a fight? Is it Dana White's looking for a fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, seen, that. yeah. I've seen that. I've seen. I haven't watched the full episode. I can't lie. I've only seen highlights no. on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, now so a lot of them are on YouTube. If you want to watch them, they're okay. fucking so funny. They're sort of like a travelling program as well. They go around all these different states. Dana White goes to his favourite food places. They have like hot dogs and like fucking barbecues and shit. And then they obviously go and watch the fights in the evening. It's yeah. fucking so much fun. It's got like Din Thomas and uh, Matt Sarah, I think, on some of them. Oh, nice. Um, so it's so funny to watch. But yeah, obviously they must know all these guys, and a few of them obviously they picked up off them shows and. Give them opportunities in the UFC, so yeah, it's good yeah. that they're doing that. Definitely, definitely, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation with Corona. Obviously, it's a negative thing, but you know, it's given people a lot of opportunities. And and, and Narosa mm. took that with both hands. A fair play to him. I'm sure it's not the last time we'll see Woodson, uh, really, really kind of long and rangey fighter. If he just u- learns to utilize his reach and l- utilize his long limbs and stuff like that, which I'm sure he mm. knows how to. But you know what I'm saying in fights and stuff like that. It's another conversation to be had, Pete, and we're going off off topic a lot today, but it's good. But it's because yeah. there's no event this weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> UFC is slacking this weekend. The no. only way that you can actually, and it's one of the sports where you know it's not like golf, where if you go and play around a golf, you are practicing. You are playing. You're doing your sport. If you go to play football, if you go when they're in training, you know, I know that the audience and stuff isn't there, but they're basically playing the sport. Now, sparring is never going to reflect a true a true fight, really. Like a, sp- mm. a spar, you'd hope they're padded up. It's, it's very unlikely that in, in training, two fighters are going to get in, the, in, in a cage, four ounce gloves um, with a referee, and they're going to go for three five minute rounds. It's so mm. unlikely that that happens in training. So the only way that you're actually getting experience in this sport is fucking, is going and fighting. It's mad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I heard. Um, I think they used to, not not actually like that, but I think back in the day they used to do it more, and they wasn't really worried about fucking head trauma and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I and then I think obviously as the years went on, even people like I think Joe Rogan said before, even someone as fucking crazy as Robbie Lawler said he didn't he doesn't really spar that much anymore, or like he took a year off from sparring. He's like fuck that. I'm not I'm not going in there and like hitting each other like full pelt there's no fucking point like yeah people getting people getting knocked out in the gym um and uh i think that, that it was interesting the other day you listened to henry cejudo and he said he actually mimics the fight like spot on did you hear him say about that cool. uh, remind me he said he was like i think he does it in the apex it must have been like a little bit before obviously all the corona stuff and that or he might, i think he said when he was getting ready for second DJ fight and then when he started winning all of his fights from then onwards he literally had entrance music um his sparring partner had entrance music they'd done the announcements like got him in the cage done all the done all the like checks on the fingernails just so it literally mimicked the fight so it was like I don't think I it to the end that's mad yeah and he said like it's such a good idea, though, I think, like, especially for someone doing title fights. Maybe not. It's a bit stupid if you're just fucking <laughs> working, 
Do you know what I mean? Working your way up, hearing like yeah, cage me and you. Cage we, we, we'll go yeah. down. We'll go down training with Chris Pete, and we'll yeah. get some music again. Yeah, yeah. Put some music on. Turn the lights off. <laughs> get a fucking get the ambulance ready outside. Um, yeah, like and he just when he said that, I was like, that makes so much sense. It's like, Fantastic and he, that's idea. why that's why he says he doesn't really doesn't really phase him when he walks to the ring anymore because he's done it a hundred times before in his training camps, and it's mm. just like just natural for him. Whereas Unless you're someone fucking crazy like Gaethje, like people like Rogan and that, and the other commentators have said they've been sitting there, and the way that Gaethje walks into the arena, it's just like he's just going to work. It's just yeah. like it just does, doesn't mean nothing to him. Yeah. Um, and then some people obviously fucking as like as tough as they are, like someone like Cowboy, they fucking admit they're like shitting themselves backstage, and it's yeah, just yeah. like maybe it's because he doesn't put him through, put, even though he's done the fucking walk so many times, it's just like. You think how long a train so a training camp's what, like like eight to ten weeks? And all you're doing is just sort of working out, sparring, watching your diet, and then all of a sudden you've got an arena with fucking twenty thousand people in it, music, lights, everything, and you're like, Oh fuck, like <laughs> it just it must be hard to get used to. Definitely. Definitely the pressure of the situation, the commentators there, yeah, and the judges and everything, yeah. That's that's a really mm. good idea, though. I can see why he's doing that. And like you say, yeah, it's good if you're a champ and that. But yeah, it's obviously probably not yeah. good for everyone. Um, really, really good performance there from Arosa. Like we said, just repeating myself, he's you know taking the opportunity with both hands. Who knows what, if he's going to come back for another fight? Fingers crossed, he does. I'd like to see both of. I'd like to see both fighters with a full camp. Um, and mm. and you know in in situations like this at the moment, you have to take it with a pinch of salt because Corona is not allowing everyone to maybe be at their full potential. The next fight was in the welterweight division. It was Takashi Sato against Jason Witt. Takashi Sato was meant to be fighting somebody else. So Jason Witt came in as a last-minute replacement. Um, it didn't really have a lot of time to train, I assume, because Pete, Takashi Sato, in the first 30 <laughs> seconds, lands a massive left hand and basically just puts him out. It was just a mad yeah, it was a swarm. Yeah, it was a sick finish. It was just like, yeah, it's one of them, it's like, hasn't worked out too well for him coming in on like short, short notice. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to go like that sometimes. Though. Either that or that that guy is that good. It's just like, yeah, it was fucking night and day, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was like the uh, the guy on the last card who. Um, uh, what was his name? Where he, he only found out about the fight on Wednesday, but he came in and was just absolutely came out. Yeah, came out. Yeah, uh, stormed, you know, Jay, so. Jay, Jason James or. Jesse yes. Jason, I can't remember. Yeah, so it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's 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 <laughs> probably not. Probably not. No, so no it fucking was, Jerry it Diaz. Keller Keller I've always said I keep obviously writing down all these notes and stuff that I do them, and then I just keep deleting them. And I'm thinking maybe I should yeah, be yeah. keeping these somewhere. Do you know what I mean? But hey ho, um, <laughs> really really impressive from Takashi Sato. Really big respect for him at the end um, of the post fight interview, talking English. I always rate it when you know a foreign oh, yeah, fighter yeah. comes in and, and tries their best to talk English. I really like that. Anik said to him, uh, "You had a last minute change of opponent. How was that for you?" And he was just like, "No problem." No problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's sick as well. Like, I don't, there ain't really that many, that many like Japanese fighters left in the UFC. Yeah, you're it doesn't right. seem to be that. I know they've got. Uh, where I don't, I don't know where One FC is. I think that's. It is based in Asia. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, but I don't know whether it's just a lot because it, maybe it's just like their sort of pride out there now, and they've obviously a lot of Japanese fighters come from like Pride and shit like that, and it's. 
and then a few of them filtered over to like UFC. Like some of them done really well, but yeah, there used to be some like sick fighters coming over from Asia, and now there's like just like a fucking handful left in the UFC. Yeah, is it true? It's a good point. The Asian contingency at the moment, you know, they've got obviously Korean Zombie, um, mm. you know, and you've got um, Takashi Sato as well. You know, obviously the women's division at the moment with Wei Li Zhang, she's uh, yeah. absolute, you know, she's the head of the division. So, you, yeah, yeah, the pool is, is a bit smaller. But 1FC, mate, they are just, they get, some of the online views they get is incredible. They're, they're in the top yeah. five. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're in the top five most reviewed um, on YouTube for the sports and that kind of stuff. So yeah, just just mad. So the contingency, you know, hopefully, you know, who knows? The pool might get might get bigger. But from Sato, mm. fantastic performance. Um, I'd like to see him next uh, moving up a little bit, but it's difficult to say because Wit was a last minute replacement. So who knows where he really is? But again, you can only beat what's in front of you. Fair play to him. <laughs> Uh, the next fight was Brendan Allen against Kyle Darkus. This was in the middleweight. This was one of my fights of the evening. Obviously, you know, such a good card. I really enjoyed this fight. Uh, Allen came in, landed a massive knee uh, and drops Dorcas. And then Dorcas got up and then he was, he dropped him taking his back. The ground transitions were amazing. There was a mm. bit, um, there, was, there was a sort of a big left landed um, after the bell and that kind of stuff. What's your takeaways from this fight, Pete? Yeah, it was really good. It was one of them, like, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is the cage, but there's so many, like, back and forths at the moment. Yeah. It's just, like, and it, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just, like, like I said, uh, uh, who was it, the Lyman Good fight last week, and it was, like, we're swaying one way, and you're, like, okay, yeah, this, this guy's done. You can see him tiring, or, like, he's getting caught too often, and then it'll switch, switch back the other way. It's just like, oh, shit. And that's when it gets exciting because even you can't predict it. You're like, oh, shit, I was wrong there. Like, this guy's yep. still got something left in the tank. And it was just, yeah, just good seeing these back and forth fights at the moment. Really, really exciting. There was a couple of massive elbows. Um, like, first of all, um, Brendan opened Kyle up with a really, really big elbow down to the ground. And then both cut towards the end of the fight, both landing. Uh, Dorcas takes his back. Allen finishes on top. And I've just, like I said, just writing down here, that it was an absolutely great fight. Um, I don't feel like mm. any fighter, you know, deserves to, to lose it. But it was a unanimous decision in the end for Brendan yes, Allen. Unanimous, yeah. But Allen got the fight. But, mate, yeah, really, really good fight. One of my fights of the evening. Uh, just moving on to John Volante against Morris Green. So we mentioned earlier that Morris Green won, but it was a very touchy first round, a lot of leg kicks. Um, there was not a lot. We speak. We spoke before, Pete, about not being a lot of combos. It was one of those fights where it was just ones and twos, both fighters yeah. going for like a big, uh, a big shot. Um, and then uh, there was a bit where uh, Morris had... Uh, Morris had greet, uh, John in a what uh, Bisping called a Dagestani handcuff. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> no. What did, so what did he say? That? He basically had. You know when Khabib he sort of gets you. Oh, so he's, he's got. Yeah, I know. I do know what you mean. So he's got. He's reaching around your back, grabbing your other wrist. Yeah, yes. yeah. Got, yeah, yeah. I do remember. Yeah, yeah. So he's holding the arm and he's just raining down shots. Just the yeah, and he's still yeah, still hitting him. Yeah, yeah. And then Bisping was yeah. like, he's got him in a Dagestani handcuff, and Cruz was like, <laughs> "Fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you just call it?" And Bisping's like, "Yeah, it's called a Dagestani handcuff," and he was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah." What a Jesus good name Christ. for it. The Dagestani handcuff. I fucking loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's a really, really good performance. And then, uh, yeah. So, Pete, this was, for me, I was, I was watching it. And then when he got him in the choke, I was like, oh, it's just it's like a head and arm triangle. But it's not a head and arm triangle because Green was actually on the bottom and he was pulling John yeah. 
against him. So Bisping he and Cruz were both. He must just, just be fucking strong. Like yeah. it's just to, to do that because it's. So I've done I've done it before. Like when obviously when you're on top of someone, it's hard for them to get out of when if you're doing the move and you're on top, it's fucking really hard for the person underneath to get out of. They've just got to try and defend against it mm. as best they can. I don't even know. I don't even know if I ever learned how to get out of it, but um, yeah, but obviously what you can do is like, say I was on top in that position, I'd crawl like arch my sort of lower back, like arse up in the air and then sort of crawl up with my toes. So I'm mm. sort of making like a, like an inverted V shape and then that's piling pressure down onto your fucking like shoulder and neck, mm. which is what, which is what sinks the choking even more, just that pressure. But for him to get it from underneath and just nice. squeeze, it's just like, he's just doing that all with his own shoulders and arms. It's just like fucking hell. Um, I would, yeah, I, would, I would say John was John was pretty tired as well. Yeah, really. yeah, that might that might have a big factor as well. I might fucking just fucking out of breath anyway. But. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's got <laughs> Bisping was like, oh, I know John's got asthma. It's like, all right, Michael, fucking hell, like, <laughs> <laughs> giving all his secrets away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put him in the fucking chest. Um, but yeah, really, really. Um, Really, really uh, exciting fight, and then they asked Morris Green, as I said, um, about the uh, about the fight. He was really emotional. Morris Green, bless him, he was crying uh, throughout the whole interview. But Annex just so good on the mic and so calm, knows exactly mm. what to say just to get the best out of the fighters. Uh, and Green said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll fight Bozo, no problem." So now I really just want to see that oh, fight, as, as we mentioned before. Yeah, I really like that. We'll come on now, Pete, and I'm really, really keen. I know we've been rambling a bit today, but I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on this fight. I'd like to just start by saying it was Mike Perry against Mickey Gall in the welterweight division. Uh, really exciting fight. I really liked it. Um, Mike Perry had only his girlfriend in his corner. He had nobody else. What did you think, Pete? <laughs> um, I thought, to be honest, I thought he looked... Just, just like looking at him first, I thought he looked really good out there. Um, I thought goal started off pretty well actually. He was landing some really good strikes. Like I was like, "Fucking hell!" Didn't His really... stand up has improved so much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like even though he was just throwing sort of like just straight punches and trying to keep Perry at bay, it was just. I think it was more. I think goal definitely like faded towards the end. Yeah, which is a bit weird for the for the grappler. Like you'd like he's known for his grappling and stuff I would have thought he'd be able to just like, drag Perry down into deep waters but he he struggled with that even yeah um, yeah and I think just Mike Perry just sort of kept it together well he, he had moments where he could have gone a bit fucking berserk and he sort of controlled himself and didn't didn't gas himself out too much but I'm, I'm still not convinced <laughs> I'm not that's just, just such a bad when he it was the bit when he went back to the corner the first ever time and he was like he, he's like I think I don't even know if he said anything first and, he, and then out of nowhere he was just like did you see anything yeah and she was and she was just like doing great you do, you're doing great out there babe <laughs> he's like oh, okay and it's like I don't know if that was an, a higher level opponent and he was getting tagged and he goes back to his corner and says what did you see. Where what have I got to change? You can't just have you're doing great, baby. No, no, it's just no. like <laughs> fucking. But obviously for that fight, it was great. Like, don't get me wrong. But then it's I don't know. Fucking, I was like maybe Mickey Gall ain't that 
ain't that great after all. But, well, I know. Um, I, I, I think I think it was a bit of a dif- it was a difference in in both of the fighters in the fact that Gaul started really well, but then faded. But Perry yeah. grew into the fight. I feel like. What I also yeah. know is that like I, I noticed Perry sat down in between the rounds. And, you know, he wasn't getting too much of his missus. She was just saying, you're doing great. But he sat down, took a few deep breaths, and he was like, right, I need to go to the... He said out loud, I need to go to the body. Did you hear him say that? Mm. So he sat there no, and he's like... Him say it. He, he sat there and he was like, right, I need to go to the body. And he sort of said it out loud. And, and, it's just, mm. and then towards the... You can see round two, round three, he did start going to the body. He did start landing yeah. shots to the head, shots to the body. Um, there were some good takedowns from, from Perry as well. I just thought he looked really, really good. And, you know, yeah. it's not one of those things where he was doing it just to try and be a little bit funny. He just basically said, look, I wasn't happy with my coaches. I've got rid of them. I'm looking mm. for a team. I'm looking no, for that's coaches. the thing. Yeah, yeah. I want to train yeah. with um, I want to train with Yo Romero because he's um, one of my favourite fighters. I'd love to train with him. Uh, but I want to find a team. And... Yeah, like I'm, I'm happy to have coaches in my corner, but I want my coaches to be my friends. I don't want to be them people that are just yeah, like you do this, you do that. So yeah, I see where he's coming from. I, I really warm to him, to be honest. Like in yeah, all no, the, um, yeah. and in the interviews of stuff I've seen in the post fight, you know, he's talking about how the tax man's coming for him and all this kind of <laughs> like. He just, I, I am starting to warm to him a little bit. Yeah, I just like especially for the. I like it. I like him anyway. I remember, like, some, I remember watching his first fights in UFC, and I just thought he was one of them, like, loud mouth, Larry fucking. And I was just like, someone's got to fucking put him on his ass. And then he he kept knocking everyone out. And then he's been. That's what I mean. Just the difference with him and Gaul anyway. Like he's been yeah. in there with such higher caliber fighters, and he's done really well against them as well. Mm. Um, so he, he does. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. And it was good to hear him say afterwards, obviously, maybe this was just, he didn't have time to get like a new team put together and that, but and he said he wants to move. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, somewhere, going somewhere and training with like Yoel Mero and like a better team and just, I don't know, he just, I, he just needs a coach who gives him, you know, like a Anthony Smith's coaches the other week or mm. month or whatever. And they were just bombarding him with information, like do this, do that, do this, do that, not letting him think where yeah. I think Mike all Mike Perry needs is like encouragement. Say like, yeah, you're doing well. Um you you're can doing beat great, this guy. Baby. Yeah, you're doing great, baby. Um <laughs> that's, you need to take we need t shirts with that on it. Um, uh, and then obviously give him like slight bits of advice, like something yeah. simple as something as simple as Mike, you need to go to the body this round, Mike, attack his left leg, he's hurt. Yeah, and then just let him and just let him carry on because he he's, he knows what he's doing. It's just, but he, he definitely obviously it'd be good for him to get with like a strong team, someone fucking clever like fuck knows like Whitman or someone like that, or or look how good um look how good fucking Garbrandt looked with Garbrandt with Mark Henry. Like, yeah, just go, like go and train with him for a little while. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Just um, you know, great performance from from Mike Perry, um, and you know he, he did win the fight by unanimous decision. Um, I would with Mickey Gall though, Pete. I was really like, we know how good his ground game is. You know, he choked out mm. CM Punk, he's choked out other people, but his stand up looked so good, and he was throwing yeah. like like you said, he was throwing straight shots, but he was actually landing some big shots on Mike Perry. He was landing some really mm. nice stepping counter left hooks, some really yeah. nice right straights. And I was thinking, wow, like he has improved so much. And I think he's got quite, a, I think he's got a really bright future. I really do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's what I noticed. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, 
that's what it was really the left hook and the right hand they were just mm. fucking popping him like obviously <laughs> Mike Perry could just take the shot so he was just walking forward but yeah um, yeah. yeah he's definitely got definitely got a chance of doing doing well Absolutely. Pete, we're going to need to take a deep breath before we go into the next fight because this, for me, was one of... this. We've been quite lucky this year. I know we've had lockdown and stuff like that, but, you know, we've had Zhang um, and Joanna, but this is a contender for fight of the year. Absolute war. Um, I've literally... I won't go through all my notes because I was just writing essay after essay, literally after each round, in between rounds, but it was just absolutely phenomenal, this fight. Um, I really liked it in the first round where Hooker kicked him in the cup um, yeah, and then yeah. Poirier was like, no, no, that's fine. And then Hooker kicked him in the cup again and, <laughs> Poirier, again and Poirier was like, and then Bisping was like, oh, we can see Poirier's now like, you know, that's twice now, dude. Come on, man. And then Poirier's like, listen to Bisping. It's <laughs> 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 so, so, so good that they could hear the commentators. But... Uh... Just an amazing first round, great exchanges, body kicks, hooks, absolutely amazing. Round two, again, what a round, just amazing. Hooker finishes with some incredible combination, and Dustin was just eating them. Um, Three, there was some takedowns from Hooker in there. Uh, Dustin was trying to sink in some guillotines. Another takedown in round four from Hooker. You know, it it was a really, really, really good fight. The ground transitions were even exciting, where Dustin nearly had a triangle in round four. Then he went for the armbar. you know, it was just just amazing. I thought with this fight because I was watching it the morning after, I actually was fast forwarding through the um, breaks in between rounds because I just wanted to see the fight so badly. But after the fourth round, I left it and he set the uh, Poirier's corner, sat him down, and were like, "Are you having fun?" And he was like, "I'm having a blast." Like, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Just, just enjoying it. Um, Hooker, and- was, Hooker was fucked. He was like. Yeah. I remember him in the in in his corner. He was like his eyes were closed. He was just like his even his voice. He was like uh, uh, like fucking like breathing it. He just no. He was even the takedowns towards the end or like in the last round. It was just like there was nothing to him. He was literally just falling into Dustin Poirier trying to like hold onto his legs. I was like, but then obviously Poirier was so fucked. He couldn't really do much either. It was just it was just it was so fucking good. They literally left it all in there. Yeah, yeah. And, well, um, I was going to say, what did you think if if we start with Paul Red then? Because obviously he won. What what did you think? What did you think of him? Oh, yeah, like definitely. Like, he's he's been in so many wars like that, and it's. I think it did show he his his punches are like his boxing's. I think his boxing is just naturally better, like his hooks and stuff like that. I think um, like Hooker's more of a like crisper puncher. Yeah, but I know I noticed whenever they was against the cage. Even if if Dustin had his back against the cage, whenever they sort of separated a tiny bit, it was Dustin that was unloading with hooks and catching Hooker as he was backing away. Mm. And it's just like he had he just had that natural like boxer's mentality of like fighting inside. And um, yeah, it was just, it was it was fucking sick. I think round round two. I think <laughs> I don't know whether it is or not. I'll have to have a think about this. But Charles Sonnen said round two was the best round he'd ever seen in the yeah. UFC. Yeah, and I was like, I do remember sitting there because I watched it the next day afterwards, and I was like, fucking like wide awake, and I was taking it all in, and I remember just sort of laughing, sort of cheering, just <laughs> looking at my, like, you know, you're looking at your telly, just like, yes, you just sort of like, you don't yeah. need an audience, you don't need a crowd around you, you just like, you fucking create your own crowd. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, it's so good. Yeah, just go, just go mad. Yeah, I, I, it was just <laughs> such a good, it's such a good fight for Hooker though. 
not, like, listen, you, he did start to fade towards the end, you know, of, of, mm. it's a five, five, you know, 25 minute fight, you know, five rounds that you're going to start to gas anyway. But I, I think he looked he, he, like crisp is a really good way to describe his shots because he was landing with some big shots. Poirier just had the better of him um, everywhere, really. But Hooker looks, he, he, he looks like a future champ, man. Yeah, definitely. I, I felt a bit sorry for him. I, that's what I think I said to you before. Um, I know you can't really say this because they were, but they both come in in whatever condition they was in, and maybe mm. just maybe Dustin either found a bit more, or Hooker was not letting him hit him because it's obviously not saying that like he was letting him hit him, but maybe he took he took one too many shots. Do you know what I mean? That's what I think about Ferguson as well. In that, it was almost the same sort of thing. Like um, Gaethje was fighting a bit smarter. Um, Whitman told him to calm down a little bit, take take a few percent off his punches, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Ferguson was just plodding forward, like, I can take whatever you've got to give me. And sometimes I think people are too tough for their own good. Yes. And I think I think Hooker is that. He's just like, I'm a fucking tough guy. I'll fucking take, I can take whatever Dustin's got. And then after a while, it starts racking up. And then he's sitting there between rounds, probably thinking, fuck, he hit me like loads that round. Like, yeah, when he shouldn't have, when he shouldn't have, because he's got good movement and stuff, and it's just um, same sort of thing in a Felder fight, I guess, wasn't it? They were sort of battering each other, but maybe Felder took too many shots than Hooker did, so it's just yeah. like it sort of sways one way, and either that or just Dustin's fucking tough. Do you know what I mean? He just, just standing the there with Gaethje, yeah, yeah, standing there with Gaethje and take his shots and take Gaethje's leg kicks and then come out and knock him out. It's just like. Definitely, like one of the best. Uh, for for me, like Poirier is just yeah, he's definitely up there with with the Khabibs, you know, and 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 with the Gaethys. He's just he's he's up there with mm. he's he's in that upper echelon of fighter. But Dan Hooker's there. Like this is for me where the ratings did make a bit of sense. Like these are both of these fighters are the the top light. They're in the top lightweights. They are like and, and yeah. the, the the caliber of this fight. If you even if you just compare it to the rest of the card, like there were some really good fights on the card. But this just fucking stood out. Like it was just amazing. The back and forth, and for me, it wasn't as though. Um, also, um, my BT Sport for some reason it got until the very last minute of this fight, and my recording stopped. <laughs> so I didn't get to see. Um, did you see the? Was it a unanimous decision? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, pretty sure. And did did you see the post fight interview at all? Yeah, he was just sort of saying he's he's like um he took, he said he could have done better probably the same sort of thing he probably took too many shots he was a bit lazy and wasn't moving his head out of the way as much as he could have um also that he was just looking forward to getting back home and taking a break and stuff like that so it's almost like he was going into like a retirement speech but then he was obviously he was just saying he was just he'd been away from his family a lot and yeah just wanted to like get back to it but Fair yeah enough. he's fucking yeah Fair enough. Listen, mate, stop complaining about seeing your family. The UFC is an opportunity, all right? Got 300 grand as well. <laughs> quarter, quarter of a million, mate. Go and enjoy it. <laughs> quarter of a million. There you go. <laughs> 
Oh, Peter, we have rambled enough, I think, for one week. Um, and <laughs> uh, some, I can only piss. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I don't want to. Um, I don't just want to skip over that. You know, if you haven't seen the fight and you think, "Oh, I saw the highlights," please go and watch this fight. It was just amazing. But ultimate respect to Poirier and ultimate respect to Hooker. Pete, we'll be back next Tuesday where we'll be talking about the Gilbert Burns fight. I know you've got a lot of thoughts about it. So have I. Yes. Um, it is an amazing card uh, that we've got coming up um, just quickly we've got Volkanovski against Holloway title fight we've got Usman against Byrne we've got Yan against Aldo Jessica Andrade against Rose Paige Van Zandt is fighting mate what a fucking card it's on Fight Island the first time we've got <laughs> it so exciting um, we'll be back <laughs> next Tuesday anything else from yourself Pete? no I think that's it fucking <laughs> Pick up Abu Dhabi, innit? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fight Island, let's go. No, can't wait. I can't wait. I'll see you next week, mate. Great, mate. See you later. <laughs>